Hey everyone, and uh, welcome to another episode of the All the Things ADHD podcast. All the things. Uh, <laughs> I am your please, hopefully not catching whatever is making its way through my house co-host, uh, Lise Gallerup Bassett. And I am your gosh. I hope everybody else in my house doesn't catch what I currently have. Co-host Amy Morrison, also known as Did You Want or Max Headroom on Twitter. Oh, that was so awesome! By the way, like that Max Thank Headroom you. was like just like Chef's Kiss. Like um, it was 470 likes and 60 retweets later, it's still rolling its way through the internet. Yeah, I know, right? Like it's it's we could make. I'm going to say something really insightful and, and it's no one's going to notice, but I'm going to dress like Max Headroom. Yeah. Complete the background. 35 year old television character that most people on Twitter were not alive to remember, but every single last one of them who were has now liked my post. Yeah. I mean, I was the, back at, in happier days, Lee, when I was not sick. Yeah. So what yesterday, are we talking about? Yesterday? Yesterday. Yeah. So yesterday. what are we talking about today, Lee? So. I, I think it's been, you know, I mean, it, it's, we sort of sound like broken records and everything's out, but it's been, you know, it's been rough. It's been rough. You're not feeling well. It's November. It's cold. It's that time in the semester when all the, when everyone is just sort of hit that wall. And at least here in the United States, we're bare knuckling it until Thanksgiving um, where we get like a little bit of a break and then all, but then all of a sudden it's finals and um you know, it's between the weather and, oh, it's daylight savings time that we have to change clocks this weekend. Yeah, but you're going to get a, a, that mythical extra hour, but you know what we're going to spend the extra hour on, Lee? Reading English. hot takes yeah. about why daylight saving time sucks. Yeah. If we could just get that out of our lives, we would actually gain that extra hour. I yeah. And, and no matter what, I don't know what it is. Like it, it's whenever we switch the clocks, be it back or forward, it's always on a weekend where there's a swim meet. Oh, sure. I mean, but don't you have like swim meets every weekend, essentially? No, no. Once a month. But it just feels month. like every weekend. Yeah, it just probably. feels like, yes, it really does just feel like every weekend. Okay, I'm going to um, put this out here for all of our ADHD peeps listening to this. Is it just me? I suspect it's not. That it, the problem with daylight savings is not necessarily that you have to like adjust yourself to the jet lag. It is that there are so many clocks in your house and vehicles that you didn't change in the spring. And you've been ashamed of that ever since. And now you're like, well, thank God, it's just going to switch back. But then you're going to feel what's uh, what you're going to spend what feels like three months from Saturday trying to get all the clocks onto the correct time again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just being like, why am I like this? I'm probably yeah. not the only one. So if that's you, no. dear listener, same, same. And not to mention the fact, again, this idea of time and, and when we, I remember back to the episode where we talked about routine and it's like, oh, I have to do this again. And it's like, didn't I just change my clocks? Yeah. Didn't we just do this? Didn't we just, didn't the leaves fall off the tree last year? Shit. Yeah. Where's my rake? Didn't I say yeah. last year I was going to buy a new rake? Oh, yeah. 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 And then, then, and then it snowed and I was like, I forgot. Um, yeah. <laughs> like snow more, snow more because I want the evidence to be hidden until spring, but there'll be like a moldy pile of leaves all over my lawn. Yeah. My grass. Good which, which will also make my sinuses absolutely hate me. Uh, allergies. Hooray. Yay. So, so it's, it's been, we're, we're all struggling and we've talked a lot about, um, coping mechanisms and strategies and all of that kind of stuff. But every once in a while, 
every once in a while, it just nothing, nothing works. Sometimes you actually drop all of the balls, right? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you drop all of the balls, but they weren't balls. They were knives and you didn't drop them. You threw them at your own feet and right. Like and, and people you love at people you love, right? People. Sometimes you don't pull it out of the fire at the last minute. Sometimes you miss the deadline. Sometimes you forget that your kid was supposed to go to a birthday party and you both miss it. Like there are a lot of ways that, that coping is an insufficient strategy, right? Or mitigation is an insufficient strategy. So I think we're going to talk today about like what happens when you fail, right? How do you accept that failure? How do you maybe think about making amends to people that you may have disappointed? What could you maybe learn from it? And and also like, how can you forgive yourself Mm. for failure? Because I suspect like with everything else that neurotypical people also fail, but maybe they don't attach the same kind of self-narrative to those failures that neurodivergent people do, particularly neurodivergent people who did not have the benefit of a diagnosis for much of their lives. And so have a very particular experience of how other people <laughs> uh, interpret their, their failures, have a, a, maybe a lot more shame wrapped up in this because we have so much more experience of having failed at things and not and, having had and, supports for that. And don't forget the re- rejection sensitive dysphoria sure, that comes along sure. with it too. Sure. Yeah. Nothing says you don't deserve love and everyone hates you. Like recognizing that you have legitimately failed at yeah. something that you really did in fact need to do. Yeah. And, and also that, um, I, I mean, for the, again, the ADHD brain and maybe it's just me, but probably not, you know, they're, they're the memes about like the person lying in bed and then the brain is like, Hey, do you remember that time you fucked up Yeah, eight years That's ago? Me. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. oftentimes the, like there's the, the failures I, I, I find it when we've talked about this before too, but it's like that it, it very quickly spirals ain't mm-hmm. no meltdown, like an ADHD meltdown Absolutely. Um, in terms of it spiraling where it's not just that mistake and failure in that moment. It mm-hmm. is every single other failure and mistake that you have made in sure. your entire life. An enormous- surfacing ledger yeah of the strikes against your character right that we insist on trying to stuff into the baguette purse we carry with us but it doesn't fit because it is a multi-volume set reminiscent of those encyclopedias people used to buy uh and we also insist not only on dragging them around with us and exhausting ourselves but you know when we are feeling particularly bad we're like you know what would help getting out the big book of failures and revisiting yes every single last one of them yeah it's not great no no not great and I think it's it's it is again like I I you know I we I talked in the last episode that like I knew I was going to have an epic meltdown failure last last Wednesday two Wednesdays ago two Wednesdays ago and so I just said no um Mm -hmm. and I said we're not doing this like I, Mm -hmm. I you know so that 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 could have been read as, you know, as another failure where it's like, well, I didn't get my kids where they're going to go. Yeah. But it's also, and it also succeeded in that. I didn't have a total and utter meltdown. Um, and, and, and we all ate food and we all chilled out and everybody was, everybody was, was happy. Um, or at least not, maybe everybody wasn't happy, but everybody was not, 
uh, in various phases of breaking down. So I was like, everyone yeah. was less unhappy than they might yes. otherwise have been because you recognized early that happiness was not a possibility yeah. that the evening would produce for you. Right. And, yeah. and I, I think maybe like what we're thinking about then is like a sort of defensive driving strategy for our brains. Right. Yeah. So like defensive driving, um, like young drivers of Canada. I took my course, like when oh, I was so did I. Oh, I mean, we all did. Right. So forgive me if I don't get the details exactly right. It was yeah. a lifetime ago, but like the idea is, you know, you don't follow too closely on the highway because if you follow too closely and somebody breaks, you can't avoid hitting them. Right. So there mm-hmm. are ways in which defensive driving is about, um, not putting yourself in a position where an accident will be inevitable. Right. But does defensive driving, I mean, and I think a lot of our podcasts is about that, about the kind yeah. of defensive driving that is meant to prevent the accident from happening, but defensive driving also teaches you, right. Like when your car skids on black ice, right. That's already the bad thing has happened, but how can mm-hmm. you minimize yeah. the negative consequences from that? Right. So don't overcorrect. Right. So they teach you like lock your eyes on the part of the road you want to go to and just turn your steering wheel that far. Don't crank it all the way to the other side. And maybe you're going to go in the ditch or it is better to go in the ditch um, to swerve away from an animal than to go into the opposing lane of traffic, or it is better to hit the animal than to like get in an accident with another car or like plunge over a guardrail and into a lake. Right. So there's a, a way in which defensive driving on the one hand is like, Oh, if you drive like this, you'll never have an accident. But also like if but things also, have gone south, here is how not to die, <laughs> right? Yeah. Here's how yeah. to emerge from the failure with like a, a, a dented fender um, and no broken legs or with a broken leg, but no concussion or with a concussion, yeah. but you're not dead, right? So I guess that's, I guess that's what we're going to try to think about today is like defensive driving for when the accident is inevitable, mm-hmm. right? And I think you did it last week yeah. um, when you were just like, you know, I'm not going to get you all to the places you need to go on time. And if I try, this is going to get worse. So I will take your pouty faces right now about not going to your activities, but I will not have screamed at you and we're not on a highway. Right. Yeah. Um, And then we're not going to like wind up going to these things late, angry, and also hungry. I'm going to order us some food. So at least you will have food in your tummies and no one yelled. Everybody's unhappy, but they're less unhappy than they might otherwise have been. And, and then I, you know, at the end of the day after, you know, cause, cause again, it's not just in that moment that everybody is late and, and I'm frantically picking up and trying to feed everyone. And then it's the crushing disappointment afterwards. Like, so, you know, we talked about that crash, yeah. right. There is that, there is a poss- possibly a worse or differently bad crash, right. Mm-hmm. When you, cause there's the, there's the crisis moment. There's the moment of failure. Right. Yeah. In, a, in a minute like that, like in a moment yeah. of like I in a three hour window, I've got to get the kids to two different activities, try and figure out what we're going to eat, then pick up the kids from the two different activities and then get them home and feed them and walk the dog and then get them to bed and make sure. And then, you know, if I had tried to achieve all that, which I would have failed at. Right. But it would have been like a three hour window of just me amped. Right. right. And pissed and disappointed and just like, oh my God, I'm totally failing at this. Like, this is awful. And then come home and then be like, what the fuck did I do that? Right. Like, and then beat myself up for like not taking the night off. And, you know, how have I damaged my children now through that traumatic experience? And like, why is this? And so it's not so, so it's like the almost again, there's like two moments. There's the moment of the failure itself. And then there's that, like, I think what we're talking about too, is that aftermath that spirals yeah. that keeps yeah. going. 
right? Like, yeah, you're like, I, not things, only did I fail, but <laughs> yeah, things were bad. And then through my choices and behavior, I made them worse. Yes. <laughs> right. Because um, and then in trying to fix them, I did not fix the problem. I made the problem worse, created two new problems. And now I am full of guilt and self-loathing. Yeah. Yeah. Huzzah. Yeah. And I just, I, I mean, I still am pretty proud of myself that I just defensively drove around that and just was like, I'm going to avoid this. And then, you know, I mean, uh, my daughter's ballet teacher was like, why did you miss on Wednesday? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. have him call me. I'm like, yeah. he's got like, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and again, removed enough from that particular day as well. That if I'd heard that on, on the Wednesday, I probably would have you know, barely hung on to that one. Right. Like right. that's the, that's the, that's kind of the emergency moment at that point. Yeah. It's like I got enough. And you would have cried. Right? Yeah. I would have cried. You know, they're like, right? why are you so late getting here? And yeah. you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. But or now why like, didn't you work harder or try to arrange yeah. something to make sure that your daughter can make it to ballet class? And yeah. I'm like, cause that takes a lot of executive functioning that I just don't have. All right, dude. Well, like, come on. Also, also, this is not like the Alvin Ailey dance company dress rehearsal before like the opening. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's no, important no, I know. to go. Yeah, sure. But like, this is like the kind of perspective you can get where you're like, oh, the world did not end because yeah. we stayed home, skipped our activities, yeah. ate yeah. Thai food and put our pajamas on. Right. Like, and, and then you can like have a better sense of proportion when someone wants to give you pushback on that. Like, it's really important that she's here yeah. every week. Like, yeah, I know, but it's not possible. Also, this is a hobby for us and I'm paying for this. Right. Like yeah. I did my best. It's none of your business why I wasn't there, frankly. Right. It's nice to be able to have the time to put together that boundary for yourself. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Because other yeah. people will push. Yep. And, you know, again, I coach, I get it. I want my swimmers to be able to come to practice, but like, you know, again, I get apologetic emails from, um, uh, you know, I get apologetic emails from parents saying, oh, my kids got to leave earlier. Oh, we got to miss this week because, you know, siblings or this or that. And I'm always like, you know, I get it. I've had those coaches. I know those coaches, but I'm like, look, my husband goes away on a Wednesday, like I'm fucked. And I'm one of the coaches. Like I I totally get it. Like if your other kids have got to be, or someone is sick or something has happened and it's just, I get, you can't, I get you're trying your best to get your kids to where they want to go. I get that. Like they, they want to swim. Um, but I also get that, you know, you're, you're human as well. And like, you know, I I appreciate letting me know that they're not going to be here, but like the, you know, don't, you don't have to apologize, even though I know I do that a lot, but I mean, I, I, I want to, I sort of communicate and I'm just like, look, it's okay. Like I'm a parent too. I get it. Like just, you know, if, when they can be here, that's fantastic. I don't think my son this season, he's supposed to swim three times a week. I don't think he's swam three times a week once yet this season, maybe once or twice. These are aspirational goals. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm like, you know, but he's also doing theater and really wants to be in the play and is started middle school. And so some nights, you know, he just really does have too much homework or has to study for a test. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm, you know, could we have crammed it all in? Sure. Would that have caused them to have a meltdown? Probably. Sure. Do I want to have to deal with that? Not particularly no. if it can avoid it. Like, yeah, like I'm thinking, there are lots of things that I have like out and out failed at that there really isn't a lot of excuse for, right? Um, yeah. I have backed out of publication opportunities that I have committed to doing um, and didn't manage to do and should probably have dipped out earlier, but was pushing myself forward with shame, right? I don't want to be the kind of person 
who says yes to this and then doesn't follow through. So even when an editor follows up and is like, you know, if things are going on in your life and you can't do this, like, that's okay. I'm like, how dare you accuse me of being a flake, right? Because I'm not hearing, like what I should be hearing in that probably is we are engaged in a shared endeavor, right? With shared deadlines and shared goals. um, And you don't seem to be able to, to keep up right now with the pace. So if this is not working for your schedule, um, it would be better for the project, right? Um, If we just put you on the next thing, right? But what I'm hearing is you are a bad person and we all hate you, which is not really what people are saying, but it's what we hear. And when we, I've been listening to a lot of Brene Brown, as you know, so this is like the cheap version of the Brene Brown podcast is this idea that you, um, you have to be accountable for the mistakes that you make. Um, and the only way you can be accountable for the mistakes that you make is if you step outside of shame, because shame says like, not um, I failed at a thing, but I am a failure, right? Uh, so it's not like I didn't bring my kids to swim practice or it's not like I didn't hand in my publication. It is, I am a bad person. So when yeah. someone says like, you're late with this thing and I'll be like, so emotionally overwhelmed and defensive and full of shame about that because I'll think I am a bad academic. I don't deserve this job. I don't deserve tenure. All the good people who work 10 times harder than me would have got this done. Other people who have more students than me got this done. And like, this is whole story. I'm just telling myself in which I am the protagonist of evil, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm a bad person. I want to crawl in a hole and sort of let people flagellate me because I deserve it because I'm terrible. This does not solve the problem that the editor has. Like the editor now is missing a chapter, right? And like the problem is like, yeah, I'm sorry. I overcommitted, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Not I am a bad person, but I am unable to complete this thing. Um, I should have let you know earlier that this was not going to be possible for me. So I can be accountable for the thing that I failed to do because I failed. I said I was going to do it. And I didn't do it. Right. Yeah. So I need to accept that. And I need to apologize to somebody for that who had every right to expect that I was going to do the thing. Right. Um, It diminishes trust when you you fail to follow through on something for someone. And that trust does not get rebuilt by pretending it's still going to be possible for you somehow to do it because it's not right. The only way you can start to rebuild that a little bit is to say, I am sorry right? I am not going to be able to do this thing. I have tried, right? Um, I hope we can work together again someday. And here's the name of somebody else who might be able to help you with this as a small sort of like gesture of my goodwill, right? So we're going to fail and it does have consequences. Sometimes you like have to fail a course. I failed some courses in my day. Uh, In my defense, I was in the wrong degree for me. (laughs) Yep, Uh, Yep. Right. And I really wanted yeah. to double down on it. Like I was like, no, give me all the extensions. Like I, I will somehow learn a semester worth of chemistry in, in yeah. three weeks while taking five mm-hmm. new courses. Like, and that wasn't going to happen. And, and I would sort of keep myself awake for six months panicking about my failure um, to do not just well in this course, but to do anything in this course and think mm-hmm. like try to strategize about how I could get out of it without anybody knowing that I had failed or how I could avoid the failure from happening. But sometimes like the cart is just going to go into the ditch and it will yep. not help you avoid the tree if you close your eyes on the way into the ditch right and yeah. so so something i think all of us have the experience of probably is desperately trying to avoid the moment when we have to admit that well and truly we have fucked it up and there is no getting it back right it, yeah. you know it could be you promised you were going to make this extravagant birthday cake 
for somebody uh, and you're going to do it the morning of, but then you finally have a good look at the recipe and something needs to be in the fridge for 12 hours. And you're like, oh shit. Yeah. What do you do? Do you like, do you like make it anyways? And be like, I don't know why it didn't turn out. I tried my best. Right. Or do you just say, I'm so sorry. Right. I misjudged the timing for this. I bought a cake. I will make you this cake another time. Right. Like that, like, I think we all have that experience of like, I really thought I could get this done and I can't, Uh, I missed this thing that was important. I forgot to do that other thing. Or like, I knew I should have written it down and I didn't, and I missed something important. Um, and I think maybe most of us have a tendency to want to rationalize that sometimes Mm -hmm. to others, like, oh, this thing happened. And then this other thing happened. Oh, I don't even know what's going on. But on the inside, we hate ourselves. Like, and both of those responses are inappropriate, right? You have to come clean with yourself and with the other person, um, about the nature and extent of your failure, be sincere, um, in accounting for it and see what you can learn. So like now I do not offer to do shared administrative tasks with us. I will never volunteer to, or accept an invitation to co-edit a special issue of anything with anybody ever again, because I tried it once and it was such an abject failure. I don't know if that person has forgiven me yet. And I really thought I could do it. And I really tried and he kept giving me more chances and I kept not taking them. And I have learned something about myself, which is that is not the medium for me because I did really try. And I had to admit to myself, no, I screwed this up. I owe this person an apology. I have wasted their time and my time. And all I can do is try to learn, right? I'm going into the ditch, but I'm not taking my hands off the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm you know, not gonna overcorrect and then swerve into traffic. I just need to learn how to get to the other side of yeah. this failure, right? Yeah. And so I think for me, one of the things that really helped, and and we talked about this for like ADHD medication, right? How, what it was like to take medication um, for the first time. And actually there was one on the ADHD group where somebody was, you know, shared their experience where it's just like, I wish I could have started this sooner because all of a sudden everything is just, you know, not as hard and it could have been like this. And, you know, I mean, we've talked about that exact, that exact thing. And for me, it's been um, in part the, my depression medication that has helped that a lot where um, it's just enough, right? Like it's, 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 it's hard to explain in that same way, way where like, it's just enough that I have the strength or like, dopamine or I don't like to, to stop myself now from spiraling completely out of control. Right. Where, whereas, you know, previously, like it was, it was, it was almost impossible. Right. Like it would, it would be, you know, it, it would, I would fuck up and there would be the shame spiral and all that kind of stuff. And I would only notice it when it was like, I'm on the floor crying and, you know, literally pulling my own hair out right now because I am sure. so, you know, terrible. And I'm like, and, and then, and then part of me is like, huh, hmm, this is not a, a you know, this is not a measured response to what is this, like, this is not a measured know, response. I love yeah, that. This is what not a dramatic a measured response. Um, on the floor, pulling my own hair out in yeah. self injurious ways while screaming, I don't deserve to live is yeah. not a measured. Yeah. It's not response. a measured No, response. it isn't. Right. Yeah. But, but now like, and, and, and now I can, it's just enough that 
I can, I can kind of catch myself and, and, and take a breath and take a step and, and just, or a moment, I should say, and be like, okay, you know, what, what do I need to do? What, what's going to happen? It's okay. You know, um, you know, and, and I think one of the other things that also we enjoy doing with our ADHD brains is catastrophizing. Um, so, so not only did I, did, did I screw up, I'm now going to imagine all of the ways this screw up is going to ruin my life and ruin the lives of others. Right. Like, like what I said, right. Where it's like, you know, as as I said, right. Um, I'm going to have a breakdown in the car and scream at other drivers and and cry and be angry at my kids and angry at the world. And then I'm going to come home and I'm going to be convinced that I've just ruined my kids' lives. Right. Like again, not a measured response. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but there's a kernel of truth in that, I think, to where catastrophizing can sometimes lead us. And, and I know sometimes I get spun out about things and I get irrationally upset about stuff and, and I'm trying to get things done. Like every week I, I try to get my kid, uh, they have to use my second laptop to use Skype to do their virtual art class. And every week it's like, where is the computer? Why is there no battery? Okay. I got to find the, the cord. Oh no, the other cord with the pluggy thing, because it, it, the outlet's too far away. And now we're late and my kid is anxious and sometimes like getting like, and then you open it and Skype is like, Skype wants to install a helper tool. Now you have to like go, I was like, fuck off Skype. And I'm like really angry. And like, once my kid put their hand on my shoulder and said like, it's okay, mom. Like if, if you need to, I can just miss my lesson. And I thought, oh, my kid is giving something up because I am having an irrational over the top response to a minor irritant when I'm mostly mad at myself because I should have started looking for this computer 10 minutes ago. And I thought she's, they are trying to parent me right now because I am out of control. And now I'm ashamed of myself for that response. And I sort of said like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm blowing off steam right now, yelling at this computer. And I'm sorry, this must be upsetting for you. Um, to witness. Right. And I probably should have started this a bit sooner. I just really hate you know, getting this like stupid software message. That's like, I just want to be on my call. I don't want to yeah. like update. I keep getting updates for Adobe flash. I'm like, Adobe flash is like the ghost of updates yeah. that nobody they, wants. They got rid of that. Nobody, like, they got rid of that. Why are you still asking me to update? And I'm like, you're going like, to, I'm going to update it. And then you say, and I'm updating it. So I can also say that we're deleting this. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like all, all spun out again about this. And, and I could see the effect it was having on, on other people around me sometimes. And So when we catastrophize or when we do like what I used to describe to my kid when they were younger, because they did this uh, is a rage tornado. You're upset about one thing. You're like, Mm -hmm. I failed the math test. For example, I failed the math test. Uh, I'm upset about that. I'm upset. I failed the math test. I failed the math test. And also I don't read as well as the other kids and I don't read as well as the other kids. And I failed the math test and I don't know how to ride a bicycle. And I failed the math test and I don't read as well as the other kids and nobody likes me. And I failed the math test. And like, it's just a tornado that yeah. like, it's getting bigger. The wind is getting bigger. The tunnel and is it's getting just wider. sucking up everything. It's right? sucking like, up it's... everything and getting more destructive as it goes along. And so we had a rule um, at my house from when our kid was little, which was, you can only get mad about one thing at a time. Right. Oh, like this is one. about the math that's test. You're only allowed one. to be upset about the math test. I will not brook any further 
failures. I'm like, I could only handle one of your failures. Like we can talk about your inability to ride a bike later, but later it's not going to be salient, right? Because what you're yeah. really upset about. Later because you don't give a shit anymore, right? Right. Like, like at, I, yeah, because it won't matter because like you are yeah. actually looking for like, maybe it's not a rage tornado, maybe it's a rage bonfire and you're trying to make it the biggest bonfire in the world. And you're just yeah. looking for more self-hatred to yeah. throw onto that fire of self-loathing because like this is the same reason you know that we claw like at our skin or this these self-injurious stims that we do when we get emotionally upset is because the feeling is so big you're trying to find a way to get rid of it right yeah. and so like sometimes the strategy of catastrophizing is i'm going to have such an awful feeling that it will burn itself out faster right like other strategies are like self-injury or deflection, which is about getting that energy out of your body. But sometimes you're like, if I just feed the energy and I feel as terrible about myself as it is possible to feel, it'll burn itself out quicker. This doesn't work because what you're doing in those situations is you're actually avoiding dealing with the specifics of the one failure, right? And it's like white lady tears. This is what this is like because it centers you, right? I feel so bad. I didn't know that I had implicit bias and I just can't live with myself. There, there, white lady. It's okay. Right. Like, so, so sometimes when we have what feel like these really authentic emotional outbursts about self-loathing and what a bad person we are, we're actually saying, I had no control over that behavior. I am a bad person and I'm always going to be a bad person. And now we're requiring other people to tell us that we're not bad people. Yeah. That's not the conversation, right? The conversation is I did a thing or I didn't do a thing, or I broke a thing, or I neglected a thing, or I forgot a thing, I am sorry, I will try to change my behavior or change the way I commit to things. Let's all move on instead of the rage tornado, you know, the self-loathing bonfire, the massive emotion, because what we're really trying to do there is avoid the work of admitting that there was an action that we did or didn't do. And that action was the problem. And we need to say, sorry, and then move on like because we have yeah. real problems crafting what did you call it like a moderate response uh yeah <laughs> measured, yeah. This, a is, measured. This is not a measured response to it's this not a measured response right so it's like oh response. no you drop the milk on the floor we don't have to like burn the house down and never come back you just like get a mop because that's not as sexy right it's yeah. it's better to sort of like oh reviewer two hated my paper and I knew I didn't put enough work into it. And they said it didn't cite these things. And it's because I'm a bad researcher and I haven't read enough stuff and they're going to take my PhD away and my students hate me. And like, now you're lying on the floor crying. Nobody gets stuffer and you're like completely emotionally spun out when it's like, just why not just resubmit it somewhere else? (laughs) Right? Like, yeah, it's just easier to let that big rage tornado feeling build in the same way we were talking in the last episode about that adrenaline rush of aiming mm-hmm. for an exceptional yeah, performance. Yeah, I was going to say. And because you said there, you're like, well, sometimes I kind of, I want to get too excited. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. it feels good. And like, yeah. and I think our big emotions, sometimes as much as we don't enjoy them when we're having them, we sort of court them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or we develop patterns where we allow ourselves to get spun into this vortex or bonfire of self-loathing where we are powerless to change anything about ourselves and we consider ourselves worthless, which is just a way of avoiding the relational work of apologizing for the failure and trying to do better. Does that make sense? No, I don't think we're intentionally doing it. No, 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 no. And again, it's, it's patterns of behavior, right? And it's, it's, it's again, 
thinking about, and and I think this is this is good too because as we were talking before, is is that um, it's one thing to recognize it in ourselves, and and we've developed coping strategies, right? Um, we've developed these strategies over the years. I mean, this is we're both in our forties. This is something that is taking us a long time to figure out, and um, but. But again, for neurotypical people, it, it, part of the problem is, is that it's, it's hard to find people to talk to about these kinds of things because it just doesn't make sense to anybody else, right? Yeah. And it's like, you know, like we said, like the neurotypical people was like, just stop, like, just don't do that. And you're like, oh, oh okay, thanks. That's, yeah. that's exactly maybe, what I'm, yeah. <laughs> maybe neurotypical people are more likely to fail at things that other neurotypical people fail at. And they're like, oh yeah, like we've all been there, buddy. Yeah. Whereas like, you're like, I miss so many dentist appointments that my orthodontist refuses to see me anymore. And they're like, didn't you put it in your calendar? You're like, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, this is not relatable. Like yeah. what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> the kind of thing, or, right? So, or even, but even if they do make a mistake, because I mean, again, it's academia, even without ADHD, academics overcommit or things happen and all of that. But it just, you know, uh, oh, so you missed a deadline. Oh, well. If you're yeah, like, wait, that right. you could do that? Like you could just be okay with that? Yeah. What is yeah, not and, like everybody does it. It's fine, but like it happens, like get over it. Yeah. And and so that that makes it, you know, and, and again, that's sort of, feeds into especially if you're undiagnosed that just feeds into the whole like well then there clearly there's something really wrong with me because like i can't do this thing that everybody else seems not only be able to do the thing right like make a deadline but when somebody makes the same mistake that i make they can get over it and i can't right or in the same way with that because because again like it's, it's, and it's not a blame thing. It's like, cause it asking a neurotypical person like, how did you get over that? And like, they literally would just be like, I just did. Right. Like <laughs> there's no, they're like, I don't, there's no process. It's just, it's, it's just done. And you're like, huh. How does this like people who only have one thought in their head at one time? I'm like, how, yeah, does, that how does that work? How I got distracted playing in my piano recital. Lee. <laughs> it's like, the four minute song and in the middle of playing it, I thought, well, thank God my hands know what I'm doing. Cause I like just drifted yeah. somewhere else oh, yeah. while playing uh-huh. in a recital. Yeah. But I wonder like how much of our, like our responses like that, that are like, I'm a bad person and how do the people do it? And why can't I get this thing done is a, a little bit of internalized ableism in the sense that, oh, yeah. that I think for me for a long time, I would rather berate myself for being a bad person and think if I was just a different person, I could be the type of person who like writes stuff down on a calendar and goes there or remembers to practice the piano instead of like admitting that maybe some of the things that other people could do. And I wished I could do, I'm just never yeah. going to be good at. And, yeah. but I don't have to admit to myself that I should stop trying to edit collections of writing. Right. Because yeah. I, it's something that I would, people I admire do it. And I think that I should be able to do it. And I think some great ideas for what we could like have themes for. And I want to be that kind of person who's making connections with others. Um, And so I will keep trying and failing at it and blaming my character rather than saying like, I have a disability that actually makes some tasks just not possible for me to do in, in the same way um, you know, that I, I gave up gymnastics. I, mean, I was never good at gymnastics, but I had to give it up because I have like incredibly lax 
joints. Yeah, joints. And I kept yes. dislocating things. And I was not able there to say it's because I'm a bad person. And if I tried hard, it was just like physically, it was not possible yeah. for me to continue uh, to pursue that hobby without grievous injury <laughs> to myself. Yeah. Right. And so like, I wonder if the ways that we have tantrums about like, because you basically needed a time turner last week to get everybody mm. to the things that they needed to get to on time. That's not possible, but you're inclined to want to like blame yourself, like as if you could just finesse things in yeah. such a way that you would never have to fail at this. And, and we tell ourselves because other people can do it and they wouldn't fail. That's why I'm a bad person because I will, if I become a better person, be able to do it. But sometimes we do have disabilities. Some things are just not possible yep. for us to do. And it's really hard to admit that. And we would rather scratch until we bleed than oh, yeah. admit not only that we made a mistake, but that that mistake is a function of a disability that we have and that that task is not something we're ever going to be able to succeed at. Yeah. So, like not every task, but like sometimes you just have to say like, I am never going to be a marathon runner. Like, yeah. you know, because I've had two knee surgeries and I have to give up that dream. But like sometimes yeah. people will run until they need another knee surgery and they're actually on crutches and they can't walk for a month because yeah. they were so unwilling to accept the reality of their own embodiment that they would rather cause themselves a great deal of further unnecessary harm than give up that vision of who they could be. And I think maybe we do that to ourselves too. Oh, definitely. And there's also the, the, you know, um, and we talked about this, particularly in North America, the, the, the bootstrap, right. And if you just try hard enough, you can do anything. And if, if it's all about work, right. Like if you put the work in, if we put the work in, right. And I think it's the same thing with, with sports. Like I did, I did do that to myself. Like I, when I was in, um, you know, my senior year of high school, I blew out both my knees and, um, I kept swimming, sure. ended up ruining both my shoulders too, um, right. because Great. I didn't kick and then ended up with bursitis in both my shoulders. And, you know, and, but I wasn't going to stop swimming. Like I was not going to stop swimming. Um, that that year I stopped swimming afterwards, but it, but like, if, if I just, well, I can overcome this, right? Like this is, this is the, like, we love, we love the narrative of overcoming, right? We love the triumphant underdog. Um, I overcame X, Y, and Z that, you know, I I think that that plays into it as well, right? That, that we could, you know, it's, it's ableism. It's the, the sort of bootstrap Protestant work ethic mentality. It's our society's, um, you know, holding these narratives of overcoming up as the ideal, um, you know, that, that, that makes you heroic, that that makes you a good person. Um, and so, you know, all of that plays in, right. So it's like, it's disability, but it's also Western culture and, and, and it just gets, you know, it does, it gets, it gets to be overwhelming. And then we just, you know, we just keep hitting our head. What is it? The definition of insanity is right. doing the same thing over and over again and expecting, and expecting a different, different result. results. Yeah. yeah. Like I wonder if there's a little bit um, in there too of stereotype threat, like particularly if people oh, know yeah. what your diagnoses are oh, and yeah. you're like, well, I'm the only professor in my unit you know, who is out about my autism and my ADHD. So if I like flake out on two meetings in a row, because I forgot to put them in my calendar, um, I have to strenuously rationalize and excuse that behavior. Because since everybody knows that I have ADHD, I have let the team down 
right? By behaving in this very stereotypically ADHD way, right? So in the same way that um, many members of minority groups, um, when they find themselves being the only in a given situation, feel yeah. that they are the representative of their entire group and that there is no room like not just for error, but for simple humanity, right? Because, you know, uh, everywhere I go um, in my professional life now, I am an advocate for the value of ADHD academics and like how inspirational we can be and how we overcome so many challenges. But like, you know, I have ADHD and I screw things up because I'm yep. bad at knowing how long things take. I'm yes. bad at remembering to go places on time. Uh-huh. And if it's not in front of me, sometimes I don't do the work. Yep. Right. Um, And that even if I have as much self-awareness in the world as I have and therapy and medication and like these like hacks and workarounds and like (laughs) life coaching tips, there is still a way in which my disability is disabling and it leads me into failure. And all I can do is apologize. Um, But I'm still in my heart, always trying to be the best ADHD academic that ever lived. And when I fail to do that, I feel I've let everybody down. Mm-hmm. And I hate myself and I'm really trying to find a way to, to square that circle. Yeah, no, I totally get that for before I knew I had ADHD for me, it was, I, 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 I did have blonde hair. It's not as blonde anymore, but like, I was always like, oh, I'm just some dumb blonde. Like that's all. And I'm, I've always had a very curvy figure. And so I was if you took, if you looked at me and I, I, I'm all, I also look very young. And so coming into a PhD program, I was very young at the time was one of the youngest people in there, but also looked young, didn't look like a kind of stereotypical academic, right. Which is basically an old white male, but nonetheless, um, I was always trying, I was always on guard for myself as like, I don't want to be the flighty blonde. I don't want to be perceived as the, you know, people can roll their eyes at me and just say, oh, just a dumb blonde or she's just a, a floozy, which is a weird term because that's not floozy. Really what I, Oh my God. You got that like right from 1952. Yeah. Channeling my grandmother right now. Let's be honest. Yeah, there you go. Um, but, but that was that. And so a lot of the, the, the kind of ADHD things that I did. It was was like, I kind of, what that is, I don't want to be like this stereotypical absent-minded girl, woman, right. Or like the, the flighty dumb blonde, right. The dits, because sometimes some of the ADHD, like it, like being the the space cadet sort of having trouble focusing, you know, the, the, the blank stares because your mind has gone someplace else. Like, Oh, were you talking to me? the last 20 minutes. Yeah. What was I supposed to, what are we talking about? Yeah. Wait, am I in class right now? What the, is it Wednesday? You know? And, and so I was uh, like, again, and, and it's, and that was my, like, I wanted to make sure that people knew I belonged, that they took me seriously, that all of these kinds of things that I was, you know, um, you know, and so, and, and now it's the same kind of thing, right? Like now I, I understand it better, but now I've just transferred, like you said, that, that sort of angst into another area. Um, so I actually have a meeting at two. Um, so we that you remember, are you flexing better. on me 
right no, now. No, I didn't know. I got a calendar notification <laughs> in the corner of my screen. You don't see me pointing to it on Zoom right now. But yeah, uh, I can see. Podcast, I can see. Lee. You can see, pointed. but yeah. yeah. And, but the, yes, I just got a little notification noise that I looked up to see what it was. And it says that I have another meeting. Um, at I think two. that's like, still that's, a remarkable flex that you like have set your calendar and your and your notifications. I'm like, wow, I have a slip of paper with some stuff written down on it somewhere. In a oh, I've got, I've got that wash. too. Yeah. I've got that too. Don't, don't get me wrong, but like, um, it helps that we do use a common, like, and this is something that I've found is a lot better in staff work environments than faculty work environments is that we are very good at calendar invites and calendaring. Right. Love and so, it. yeah. So this is something that like now or since COVID and everybody was remote faculty got much better at this, but it used to be like, you know, uh, is your calendar up to date? And faculty would look at me like, my calendar? I have a calendar? Yeah, they're like, I'm like, That you oh, can see? What? Yeah. Mm. Who right, do I talk to about then. that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but we are very good. This is the thing that I've always appreciated about the staff culture is that like, and some people, and I tell people, I'm like, just find an open spot on my calendar and send me a calendar invite. That's fine. Right. It's fine. It shows up and I go where the calendar invite tells me to. Right. Like if it's not on, if you, you know, and that reminds me, I've got a, I've made an appointment for my daughter <laughs> or something. I see you, you're making a bunch of face. Yet. You're rubbing your eyes again, Lee. <laughs> but as we go, our upshot has to be that maybe this is a topic we return to. Like I just, yes. I wanted to acknowledge the extent and seriousness of some of the failures that I have brought into my life mm -hmm. uh, professionally and personally. Um, and that through many years of bitter experience, I have learned that trying to become a different person or catastrophizing or rage tornadoing or getting up in my feelings and withdrawing or opening up my big book of grievances about myself, like none of that has ever actually helped. And that what we need to all learn, and I am still learning, and maybe some of our listeners have learned this better than we have and can give us some mm -hmm. tips about how That'd to drive great. defensively when the accident is already happening. Like, and, I think, yeah. Yeah. And what I would like to talk about next week, I think we should come back to this is how do we help our loved ones? Um, because we are both oh, yes. not only parents, um, you know, uh, not only do we have, are we neurodivergent ourselves, but we, as we've come talk about parent neurodivergent children who have right. some of the very much same tendencies as we do. Uh, and so, you know, you, you shared one strategy where um, it's, you know, one thing at a time, get mad uh, about the, one thing at a time, one, get mad yeah. about one thing at a time, but um, how do we, um, you know, how do we do it so that what if we both get pulled into it? Uh, yeah. Just been having that experience and how do we pull ourselves out and how do we, how do we work to repair um oh boy yeah, yeah no I know not nothing no nothing heavy like at all this is fine it's all fine so There's next week behind me failure part two <laughs> kid it's like basically it's like the son of failure right because it's actually yeah, like yeah. our kids wah wah but you know but I Hope that I, joke I didn't think, just fail no nah, <laughs> but but I think like this is because there's all of this Right. In parenting literature and all of that, you, you want to give them, you know, you want to teach them resilience, which is a whole other coded class, you know, racialized thing. But but, you know, we do want to give them strategies. Right. Even if right. it's not resilience, we do want to help them develop their own strategies. But also sometimes as a parent, we have to step in. 
Yeah. Right. Like there are like oh, they boy. are still children. Um, and we are technically the grown-ups. Lee, I'm we can't record this right podcast now. right now. Lee, your know, meeting is in five minutes. I know. Don't over anticipate. No, I'm not. I know. Get write listen. it down. Don't forget. Don't forget to listen to the podcast. I was going to say Friday before we record, yeah. so we remember yes. what we were going to talk about. But he's like, "We're going to um, do part two. We're like part two of what? Oh, part two of what? Oops. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Until next days. week, everyone. <laughs> so I'm uh, Lee Scalert for I'm ready writing on Twitter, and I am Amy Morrison Digiwonk on Twitter. Um, you can always email us, uh, please do at all the things ADHD at gmail.com. Um, you know, tag us on Twitter, DM us on Twitter, actually DM me on Twitter and I'll just pass along to Amy eventually. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, um, but yeah, share your, you know, um, share what you've done and what's worked for you for coping strategies and, and driving defensively. Um, cause we'd love to hear them. We're always, you know, this is. This is probably uh, what you've tapped on, Amy, this week, and what we've tapped on, I think, is probably one of the hardest parts. Ugh. Right? Thanks, it really it. is. I know. Um, it's yeah. We're we're growing. I'm gonna go have a nap now. Yeah, go have a nap. I gotta go do another okay. meeting. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone, and we will see you, hear you, talk to you next week. Bye bye.